tonight we're looking at David still, but we're going to look at David as a friend. Uh, David was unique. He knew how to make friends. And uh, we can learn a lot from David. And so tonight we've actually had an illustration of that in testimony format. And uh, so now we'll talk about it real quickly. Let's go to the Lord and ask him to be with us. Father, as we just uh, recap how you would uh, show us what it is to make friends, to have a friend, to maintain a friendship, to uh, be a friend, we ask that you would uh, help us to learn from this great servant of yours, David, uh, as he's given us an example. And for, Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tell me a Bible verse you know about friendship. Iron sharpeneth iron. So, um, so something, something, something. A man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Is that how it goes? Something along that line. So it does mention friend in there. Tell me another ver- a Bible verse you know about friendship. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. That literally means when a, you know, a friend tells you something that isn't fun to have told to you. Or you know, a friend is the one that you know, he'll be honest. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Somebody else? Okay, um, so it, it's talking about a spiritual man there in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. But uh, in brethren, if a brethren be overtaken with a fault, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one. We're, we are called upon to run in and lift them up. A friend loveth that Jesus is a friend of... And so we get the idea. There's a lot of things the Bible teaches about friendship. And David gives us some really good examples. I'm just going to highlight them. and You're just going to have to go do your own study uh, on David. Uh, who, who's David's famous friendship with? This is an amazing thing. All right. So Jonathan is Saul's son. Saul is the king of Israel. And uh, he, first of all, is having some some problems, they bring David in to play a harp for him, and, to, and he finds uh, some comfort in that. But uh, then Goliath comes along, and he needs some help, and along comes this uh, teenager named David who steps in and uh, kills Goliath. And then that begins a struggle in Saul's heart toward David, uh, because uh, the ladies of the kingdom are singing a song that goes something like this. Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands uh, because he killed the giant. It was a big deal. And so Saul begins to struggle a little bit with David, but uh, he had invited David into his family. Whoever kills Goliath will get uh, Saul's daughter for wife. And so David is now the son-in-law of the king and uh, Jonathan is the son. Now, as kingships go, who should be next in line for the throne? Jonathan, the son. Uh, And uh, yet, We know that because Saul, not only is he struggling with David, he's also struggling with God, and to obey is better than to sacrifice, and Saul goes through this uh, phase of doing his own thing instead of being obedient to the Lord, and the Lord says, you know, because of this, Saul, I was going to establish, read it, the Bible says, I was going to establish your kingdom forever, but now I'm going to take your kingdom away and give it to someone else. And God literally takes it away and gives it to this young man named David. All this is happening kind of overlapping at the same time. So now here's David. He is the son-in-law. He is already more popular because he killed the giant. He's been chosen by God to be next in line. The obvious enemy of David ought to be this young man named Jonathan. And yet David somehow is able to befriend 
Jonathan. In fact, so much so that the Bible says that their souls were knit together. The Bible describes their love, and it's a little bit unusual for us to say it, but it says that uh, Jonathan's love for David exceeded the love of a woman. That's the way the Bible puts it. Uh, there was just this, there, 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 a bond between Jonathan and David, so much so that when Saul declares that David should be killed, and he's trying to kill him, he throws the javelin and at him a couple times, it doesn't work. Jonathan steps in, helps David get away, and Jonathan literally, look at the picture, takes his robe off and places his robe on David. Jonathan recognizes David's place as the next king of Israel. And rather than being offended and being, uh, you know, David's enemy, he is his friend. David then goes out running away from Saul for several years, about 15 or so. And a, a multitude of people begin to gather themselves around David. Now, if you go and read the scripture, which we were going to do tonight, but you have to just do this on your own. The multitude of people that gather themselves around David. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a comic, comical uh, type of thing that's taking place. The Bible says that those who were discouraged, that those who were discontent, that those who were all come gathering to David. It's like a bunch of, a bunch of people who just aren't happy with life come and gather around David. And here's what's amazing. Through David and through his willingness to love them, they become what God calls David's what? Men. Mighty men. David's mighty men, so much so that one day a couple of them overhear David say, oh, and they're in the heat of a battle, and uh, between them and, uh, and this wonderful, cool, flowing well that's over there is the army. Now, I don't, how many of you have ever drunk from an actual, like a well that you pump water? Okay, so those, those, those of you, maybe you can think through this. My grandmother, for Christmas when I was about uh, 12, my family bought her indoor plumbing. I'm not making it up. She lived in Worthington, Indiana. They didn't have indoor plumbing. So they got her indoor plumbing uh, for Christmas. Up until then, the water that, came, that we drank came from a well outside the back door. And there was something else outside the back door that was for other purposes. And, uh, but I'm going to tell you that that well, I, maybe it was just because I was a little kid. But I am telling you to this day, I have never tasted water so good. It came up from the ground, and it was so cold, it hurt your teeth going in, you know. But, and it just was wonderful. And we would just go out there and pump that well to, and just, just, you know, get in the water in our hands. And nowadays, of course, all the germaphobes would never even touch it. But anyway, it was, it was great. Well, here's David. He says, oh, I would give anything for a drink from that well. And two of these men overheard it. And the next part of the story is... They have gone through the armies of the enemy and brought back water for David to drink because they counted David as, as such a friend. David knew how to make friendships. And if we would do a study of David and his loyalty to people, you see, being a friend has nothing to do with what you get from them. It's all about what you do with them. 
So I'll prove this to you. David had a friend who was an enemy. Saul counted David as an enemy. David has a chance on more than one occasion to settle the score with Saul. And David said, I will not touch God's anointed. Because his friendship created loyalty to the people. Look at David's friendship. So much so that when Jonathan dies, years later, David seeks out the one living relative of Jonathan, who is a cripple, and brings him into his own home and treats him as one of his own. David understands how to be loyal. He understands that friendship is not about what we get from people, but what we give. Think about this. Jesus calls us his friends. What does he get from us? Grief, maybe, right? What does he get from us? Jesus is our friend not because we have anything to offer. Jesus is our friend because he has chosen to be our friend. And this is the story of David. Look at what he does. He's surrounded by these men who everyone else would, would want gone. And yet David welcomes them in and becomes loyal to them. Sometimes to a fault in his loyalty. Loyal to Saul. Loyal to Jonathan. Loyal to Mephibosheth. Then a man named Hiram, who's not even you know, a Jew, uh, befriends David and gives David stuff to build the temple that he's not allowed to build, but David will store it so that Solomon is going to be able to build it. David knows how to build relationships. And it starts with just what you've seen tonight. This is the great illustration of people standing up and giving testimony about this church or giving testimony about uh, people that you've had at work uh, where there's this relationship, this friendship that's being established. David, we've looked at him as a psalmist and a shepherd, and we look at David tonight as this example of what it means to be a friend. So I'm going to encourage you to do this study on your own because we're not going to come back to this one, all right? This is just it. Uh, we're, we're going to finish it tonight. Uh, that you would just look at the... I'll give you the passages, a couple of passages you can read real quick. First Samuel chapter 18, uh, Second Samuel uh, chapter 1, uh, First Samuel chapter 23, First Samuel chapter 19. All of these are going to talk about David and Saul, David and Jonathan, David and his men, David and Hiram. Uh, they're going to show you how David was able to build friendships. I'll end with this illustration. Uh, something we've lost. Teenagers, you, you're losing this. You're losing it because your parents lost it. Your parents lost it because their parents lost it. You have to go back to your grandparents to find it, and maybe even to your great-grandparents to find it. But when my dad was 88, he drugged my brother and I to a funeral of his second-grade classmate. I want you to understand this. So 82 years or 81 years, my dad kept in touch with, followed, had relationship with. We live in a world of instant and we live in a world of no real genuine commitment Everything is just instantaneous and life is on the fly and we find it difficult to settle in and actually build relationships. It would be difficult for us to ever know a Jonathan David concept in our lives because we can't comprehend that kind of commitment. We can't comprehend a commitment to a second grader that would last for 81 years.
And I, I bring it up to say that, you know, this is what God wants. What God wants is for the church to come together and iron sharpen iron. That we cannot simply have and experience the joy, the contentment that God wants to give us apart from building solid, lasting, close relationships. Some of you have been hurt so badly that everyone you get close to is at arm's length because you don't want to get hurt again. But there's risk in relationship. And David shows us that so that he's befriending Saul, who counts him as an enemy, and he's befriending Jonathan, who counts them as a brother. I mean, this is the David that we see, this wonderful opportunity to make and maintain friendships.